0: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be the greatest movie of all time. Today on the podcast, "Goodfellas." It's
1: the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. The greatest movie, movie podcast. podcast. is the, the greatest. Movie-
0: Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time, the podcast in which I, your co-host, the Sicilian psychopath, Rick Barrasso.
1: And I, your co-host, as always, the Big Dick Bosky.
0: Hello, Dex. So this is the podcast where we're going to watch every single movie ever made. And we're going to help decide which one is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? Well,
1: I am excellent. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. You know, because we are going to be talking about quite the movie today. And that, of course, is Goodfellas. But before we get to that, let's take care of some business. Last week, we had Joe Boynton back on the show and took probably our nerdiest deep dive of all time. <laughs> and that was Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And I had a lot of fun doing that. Check that one out. Listen to our original episode of Joe on Fellowship of the Ring or any of our library. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe and review if you can. It is extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed it or if you have anything else that you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook, at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We are at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at GreatestMoviePod at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And Of course, as our old friend who we came up with, Bruce Wayne, would say, tell your friends about us. This week, though, get your garlic ready. Get your razor blades ready because we're doing Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a 1990 mob drama. It's directed by uh, somebody named Martin Scorsese? Scorsese?
1: Never heard of
0: him. Never heard of him. It stars uh, Ray Liotta as Henry Hill, Robert De Niro, aka Bobby Money as Jimmy Conway, Joe Pesci in his greatest year of all time, as we talked about in our Home episode, as Tommy DeVito, and Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill. It's got an 8.7 on the internet movie database, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 90% on Metacritic. Money-wise, it made... million dollars on a 25 million dollar budget roger ebert four out of four stars says it's the finest film ever made about organized crime take that godfather (laughs) uh the demon gene siskel also four out of four pauline kale my uh my rival i guess in uh I don't know. Not that I'm her rival, but my uh, (laughs) my she's like,
1: "Damn you, Rick Barrasso. I mean,
0: from the grave, she's probably like, "Ah, yeah." But her ghost is really upset. Now, Pauline Kael, great film critic, who I disagree with uh, from time to time. uh, Let's say that she liked it, but she wasn't ready to say it was an all-time great movie. Uh, I looked for a negative review. I found one: Joseph McBride, who wrote for Variety,
1: Irishman figures.
0: Hmm. yeah he said it was ultimately an unsatisfying experience i mean that's not our problem
1: it's his problem well i mean as i mean he's a
0: he's a film critic so it well, is he's well, telling it, us
1: it sounds like it could have been you know he he was in the movie theater someone's kicking his chair i mean that's that's his experience i'm i'm yeah, I'm, I'm i'm being an ass we can continue
0: well <laughs> listen what did christ think of it
1: oh man you know he was, uh, well, what did he think
0: of the soundtrack? Cause he's like, what's he, what's his thoughts on, on, on Layla or,
1: uh... I, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure after like 1990, he probably didn't do a whole lot of stuff. He wasn't very active after, in the nineties as much. So he probably didn't
0: even, you know, he probably loved it. You probably agree on more than you disagree with. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of our experiences, seeing this movie, Derek, and do you remember when you first saw this one?
1: I don't remember when I saw it specifically, but I do remember a a time when we had it on VHS and I remember seeing the three guys in front, you know, De Niro, Liotta and Pesci. And I remember my parents were like, yeah, don't, don't watch that movie. Stay away from that movie. It's, you're not old enough to see it and stuff. I I remember vaguely somebody saying that to me. And then I remember, it's one of those things where the, the movie evaded my, my childhood for so long. I just did not see this movie. And then after i saw it for the first time then it was like within a year i had seen it like 12 times you know what i mean it was like that one of those movies i just saw so many times and i was like wow i can't believe i didn't see this movie but i'm pretty sure i was like an early teenager when i saw it and i knew right off the bat that i loved it but it's uh i think nowadays i can i mean this is probably in the top three movies i quote the most
0: so. Yeah, on the on this show, which is weird because we haven't done an episode on it yet. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I I saw it. it. It was one that evaded me as well for some reason. I I saw it probably senior of high school. I rented the DVD on Netflix, and you know, I, wow. I just, I just let, aged. Let me let me get
1: Rick and his walker.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, god. Remember remember physical media. I miss physical media.
1: Video waves.
0: Yes, uh, bring me to uh, to Blockbuster. Bring me to Hollywood Video. Movies and more, kid. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I remember I seeing it. And I I very much love the movie. It it did not get me. Some people see this movie and just say like, "This is it for me. This is this is the movie." And I really enjoy the movie. I borderline love it, but it's not like the like, some people will sit here and say, like, this is one of the greatest movies. Some will say this is the greatest movie of all time. And it doesn't quite reach that level. For
1: me. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like, you know, for, it, it, as far as genre movies go, I mean, this is in the top of the pile for its genre. And I think everybody
0: can probably agree on that. Well, let's, I mean, it, it does, listen, and, and, yeah, when you're saying, like, you know, this is head-to-head with The Godfather, once you're, once you're playing in the major leagues like that, you know, uh, it's it says something about the movie and, you know, it's 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 definitely worthy of a conversation. Let's talk it right. out. You know, maybe um, maybe, you know, sometimes talking something through with somebody like we're going to do today. Maybe I, I missed something, maybe someone clicking the place for me and, and maybe I'll say like Ebert, you know, we talked about it when he says. This is the greatest movie ever made about organized crime. Think of the like breath of like great gangster movies.
1: Right. And, and you know, it's funny. It's, it's, oof. the genre is tough because there's a lot of great movies in the yeah. genre. But um I think, I mean, I know from, from what I have to say is that uh, it's not, it's not as good as the Godfather is. And the reason why is because these, these, these movies are coming from different angles, right? Because the Godfather is a lot more romantic in a way. It's this classic sense of family and all these different things. And Goodfellas is a modern different version. And, and, and then we're going to mention this later, but The Godfather focuses on the main top members of the family. Mm-hmm. And Goodfellas really just goes and shows you like associates to the family. right? And that's what I'm going to talk about later, but it's a different angle, which is interesting.
0: Yes. And I think, you know, it, this is a situation where put yourself in 1990. And as we're going to talk about in the, the Oscars, this is coming out the same year as Godfather 3
1: yeah yeah
0: and the you know there's a lot of things to like about godfather 3 but there's also a lot to not like about godfather 3 so that Correct. left a lot of bad tastes in a lot of mouths yeah so maybe it was pitting those two movies against each other or you know it i mean we'll we'll get to i mean we'll we'll talk about it when we get to to. Least favorite when we get to that category. What what I have sort of a theory as to why this maybe doesn't, you know, it, it's Ebert, Siskel, Pauline kale Like, uh, I'm pro- honestly like I probably agree more with uh, you know with, with Pauline kale It's like is this this is borderline great. And when I say great, I mean like an all time uh, movie. So, but like Ebert, I respect his opinion, and I don't agree with him 100 of the time. But somebody who is that accomplished as a critic saying it's the best it's better than the godfather it's better than the godfather 2 it's something you have to take seriously but we'll uh, we'll talk about it mm-hmm. so before we get to that though we are going to tell you what happens in the movie kind of because it's way too much to fit into 30 seconds and each week we do that derek is going to pick a song and play it on spotify you can listen along if you want Derek, no shortage of choices from this movie. Are you going with one from the movie, or do you I, have something else in mind?
1: Usually I go against the grain or do something random, but today I am going to be doing Layla by Eric Clapton.
0: Oh, Derek, you got me on my knees. Let's uh, – <laughs> wait, what? Am I, wait, what?
1: Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <I> mean, Derek, <laughs> let me up. <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Three, two, one, go.
0: Henry Hill rises through the mafia despite being only half Italian. He throws his lot in with Jimmy Conway, a respected thief and fellow Irish descendant, and Tommy DeVito, a hot-headed peer. He marries Karen, a Jewish woman whose family does not approve of his lifestyle. Upon doing some time in jail, Henry picks up a drug habit and makes connections to sell the stuff. Tommy is eventually killed in revenge for his murder of a made man. Jimmy has all other associates killed after a huge job. Henry flips on everyone to save his life and spends the rest of his existence as a schnook
1: time 29 seconds boom
0: yeah again tough to put into 30 seconds but that is uh that's the name of the game yeah and of you course
1: know, i would no. say it's funny that you you while you were talking I, I i i always remember that robert de niro was playing an irish guy and i know henry hill is half irish but i always forget that karen is not supposed to be italian in this movie but she's jewish and it it blows my mind every time i'm thinking about it and you mentioned it and yeah because I know that you know Jewish is a religion, but also some people identify as Jewish as a nationality. So I don't yeah. think, but but I mean, I don't think her family is necessarily Italian, right? They're they're just not Italian.
0: I think there's there's nothing in her story that necessitates her character be Jewish. I think she. I think the fact, the important thing about her character is that she's an outsider.
1: Well, they do the muzzle tough thing and uh, the glass making of the right, wedding. That, right. That's but about that's, it, though. They, yeah,
0: sure, sure. And yeah, and that's, that's like, it. and that's, you know, and, you know, it's, it's important, obviously, to have different, to have diversity in movies, you know, but I, I think a lot of what the, the, the fact that her character is Jewish is more of a cosmetic choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I. You know, and we'll get to recasting. It's like I don't think in that role you necessarily have to cast a Jewish actress. I think you can make her family completely Irish. You could make their family black. You could make their family Hispanic. If you're making it today, um, yeah, maybe not so much. You know, setting it in you know, that time, but yeah, she. I think the important thing about about Karen is that she is outside of the the as um, as we we heard in the the Godfather part two right. this whole Sicilian thing
1: though though Karen is much more involved in later in the movie uh, in, in knowing what what Henry does and everything and it's funny because they went out and they got this young very Italian actress to play this role right. so it's, it's interesting
0: it's all yeah. yeah so let's get to top three scenes and there's a ton of scenes to love in this movie it, th- this I found hard actually because a lot of scenes almost like run into each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't hard. It, it, it was very hard for me, almost to the point where I was like, these are the three that came to my mind first. Yeah. I said, the more I dissect it, the more I'm going to get caught up in the whirlwind.
0: All right. So let's, uh, let's start. What's your, what's your three?
1: So my three is Funny how. Uh, Joe Pesci's, uh, you know, classic scene where he mainly improvised a lot. This is one of those scenes where I study it every time I watch it. I like just the the the, the tension that these actors create and Martin Scorsese creates here and, you know, just the way in the background, but the guys behind Ray Liotta, their smiles go from nervousness. And it's very slow the way it happens throughout the scene. And it's just beautifully shot. It's just unbelievable, the tension. And Joe Pesci is just so funny and Ray Liotta is so funny. And it goes from this, like, uh, everybody's laughing. Everyone's having a good time to something's wrong here. You know, Joe Pesci is aggravated, thinking that Rayleigh thinks he's just a clown, this funny guy, he's do you I'm here to amuse you and all this stuff. And no, you just know how to tell a story. You know, I've been in situations like that where I'm like, somebody gets insulted by something that I say and I have to explain myself. Um, but when they snap out of it, it's uh, it's unbelievable. They're laughing again. And then uh, all the things that happen afterwards where the waiters behind Joe Pesci's character and he's like, hey, you know, you, you seven big ones here. And Joe Pesci cracks a bottle over his head. He throws a chair over at another waiter. The whole scene is just um, it's just it's like Scorsese really wanted to just throw you right into just a night of these guys and how they handle things and how they live. And uh, it's just freaking awesome. It's classic. So that's right. Number three. And,
0: and it does such a great job establishing Tommy as just a psychopath. Yeah. It, like, yeah, he like he does that. He can make that joke and everyone gets scared because, you know, as we see later in the movie, somebody pisses him off and he blows him away just
1: yeah yeah and you know it's funny um I'm not going to give any names of course but my father grew up in East Boston and my my dad's Italian and grew up with a lot of Italian guys and my dad uh said he grew up with a guy who was literally the, the, the same as Tommy DeVito and a uh, very scary scary guy and he was small just like Tommy DeVito and all these years he'd tell me stories that are just wild like well, I can't believe people act like that and then my dad played at actually a reunion show with his band and that guy was there and I could see right off the bat, just by looking at him once, I could tell that he was that type of person. And it's, yeah. it's you know, one people like that come once in a once in a while. And and, and Tommy DeVito is, uh, I don't know, he's just always he's always a he's a lively character. He just always wants to get into something with somebody. But this scene, I'm sure, has been mimicked over and over and over again to the point where even they did it on the peanuts the thanksgiving charlie brown's thanksgiving there's a thing on uh youtube where uh they do the whole scene and peppermint Patty's the one playing tommy devito at the table it's just so funny it's a great scene
0: yeah instantly iconic and 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 tremendous scene overall my number three is actually the and this is such just the the i think probably the ultimate shot of Scorsese's career and that's the the one shot going through the back of the Copacabana. Yep. Yep. And just the music is perfect and shows you that Henry is an important guy at this point and he's going to use that to impress Karen and he's I mean just the so much has to go right for a shot like that to work. And this is one of the most iconic and best long shots you can think of in yeah, in movies.
1: Absolutely. I agree 100%. 100%. And there's
0: a, yeah, There's another great long shot before this, but this one is the one that's just like mwah, chef's kiss. Beautiful. What is your – right, right before we go to
1: my number yeah. two, I love the Ray Liotta, um, Henry Hill saying to the guy and the girl in the corner, every night you two, don't you work? Yeah. But But it's funny because it's like, well – Henry Hill's there every night seeing that guy. So he gets the same thing back to him. Right. You know what I mean? But I just, I love that little, uh, this little quick line. But yeah, my number two is actually the scene with Billy Batts in the bar. Uh, and it's the again another incredible tension scene between two people and it's just well written and uh, just the back and forth with the first is the pleasantries there's this guy who's a made man and he's come he's come back from from prison or wherever he was and uh, he's having his big party and everything and, and and everything's going nice and he and Tommy DeVito was his kid. he used to shine his shoes and everyone's hugging and Tommy's getting a little pissed off because that's just how he is you know a little slight against him he he won't give you anything and that goes back and forth back and forth to, to just a, an explosion. But there's so many little lines between them, you know, no, no, no drinks on me. No, no, no drinks are on the house and uh, give those Irish hoodlums a drink. There's only one Irishman over here. I have some friends who think that uh, Jimmy Conway meant there's only one Irishman here meaning him and Henry Hill together, even yeah. one Irish person, which makes zero sense to me. it just the tension build up and then Tommy DeVito blowing up, has to leave, and then later on comes back, and they they, they, begin, they begin the process of killing Billy Bats. And the whole sequence of, of the Billy Bats stuff is just incredible. It's very uh, – the music Scorsese uses during this this moment where they're beaten. You know, Joe Pesci, he's kneeling down, he's punching him in the face, and Daenerys kicking him in the face. And there's a song in the background from the 60s. I forget what it is, but it's a slow, almost like rock, rock like doo-wop type song. And it's like – it's just brilliant how he does that. Um, it just creates so much um, tension and then just great filmmaking. But yeah, that's that's my number two, I think.
0: Well, Derek, better go and get your fucking shine box because that's my number two as well. Yeah. And it really just goes to show that, and I've said this, short people are the most dangerous. You should treat them with respect. And we, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll treat you with respect back. Just respect us. If you I mean, don't, generally, we may, you tr- we may yeah. kill you.
1: Generally, you should probably treat everyone with respect. Especially short people, though. Right. Okay. more
0: so than tall people.
1: Especially, yeah. I mean, don't don't over, you know, respect them because they're gonna be like, well, what are you doing here? Cause yeah, I'm don't short. patronize me, us. Look, don't give just them show extra us attention. Respect. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Don't don't patronize us. Just show us respect. Anybody a, under 5'5", is just realize they're better than you.
1: Right. I'm a solid five ten, so I guess I'm in, I'm the, in the middle. I'm I'm generic, I guess.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, just an incredible scene and. You you see it coming because the movie opens with Billy Bats's corpse and yep. you know, or and soon to be corpse in the back of the, the car or in the trunk, I should say. That's the word for it. And yeah, it just echoes what you say. It's you know, Pesci's on fire in this movie.
1: Yeah, that's the only way to really put it. He is on fire. Um, I, I have like NBA
0: uh, Jam. He is on fire.
1: I'm not even joking, Rick. Like seriously, like me and Steve Constantino, who has been in the show and will be in the future, we play video games. We have our head headsets on, and we will repeat lines from The Goodfellas so the often. The Goodfellas so often that my wife is literally like, "Derek, shut up," because I'm just like we'll be doing the Billy Bat scene over and over and over again. And then like at one point, we'll just be both like, hm, you're not gonna break up my potty. Not gonna break up my potty. <laughs> we just say little lines that nobody usually says and we just laugh hysterically. And it becomes to the point where like, the scene is so iconic it's just it's just in my brain all the time every little nuance about it don't, uh, don't get don't get nervous don't get nervous uh you know all these little lines and you feel strong you feel strong and and then uh, tommy devito's as he's walking out under his breath or under you know the noise he's like he he fucking bought his button he bought his button in the mouth you know all these little things and it's just uh it's incredible it really is and, and the whole sequence of Billy Bats, even when – you know, again, I don't, I don't want to step on your toes in case this is a scene you picked, but I doubt you did. But when they go to the mother's house, and he's in the trunk, and they're eating breakfast at night, and they're eating – it's just a conversation between them all and the painting, and <laughs> it's just so good. Sorry. So, this is your yeah. turn, and I talked the most. So no, trying.
0: no. Go for it. Go for it. That's – I mean, we, you, you covered it pretty well. So what is your uh, – what's your number one?
1: Oh, boy. Oh boy. So my number one, this was really difficult. It really was, but I think ultimately I'm looking for, and, and I have seen so many Scorsese movies now that I can go back to, Goodfellows Goodfellas and say, Oh my God, this is probably where it really started. And mm-hmm. it starts with those montages of things happening with a great song over it. Yep. And for me, it was, you know, Layla by Eric Clapton playing over all these dead characters who were murdered by Jimmy Conway. And, um, it's just, you know, at first you start off with uh, what's his name? Um, Jimmy uh, Roast Beef. Uh, he's in the car with his uh, the wife, and he bought that car for them, you know, for the wedding. It's a wedding present. He's sitting in there, they're both dead, and the kids come up and see it. And uh, and then they go into, you know, Frankie Carbones is uh, in the meat truck, and he's frozen solid. It took him two days or so, the thumb out for the autopsy frenchie and the other guy are in the in the dumb truck and just oh, wow it's just a it, you see that later on another scorsese movies like for instance the wolf of wall street there's two segments like that where he does these big segments there's great songs over them and you're like man he just knows how to just make good movies but uh yeah this is it's gonna go
0: it's gonna go on his uh his, his headstone martin scorsese knows how to make good movies
1: and you know what's funny is um I like the fact that he uses the, the end sequence to Layla, the piano part. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. It's just like, wow, what a great song to pick for this. And it's, it's just stellar. It really is yeah,
0: fun. that's that's my number one uh, as well. And I, forgive me, you've seen this movie more than me. This basically leads up to Tommy being whacked, right? Like it's, it's right after that.
1: Yes, I yeah. believe so. Because the LaTanza heist just happened. Yeah. Jimmy Conway kills them all because he basically wants all the money for himself. And, uh, yeah, and I think I think Tommy DeVito gets whacked after that, yeah. Yeah, it,
0: just those two sequences back-to-back really are my number one because it, just the juxtaposition of, like you said, that end part of Layla, which is just so, like, mellow and, like, all right, we're in a good spot, just juxtaposed with these corpses. And, you know, Henry's just like, hey, we were fine because, you know, I was making money with the drugs, but, you know, it's it, yeah, you know, some of these people had to, had to go. It's just i wonder if if it was that for for jimmy to to want to have these people killed it was that at the party it was just a just so casual just to be like this guy bought a fucking coat this guy bought a fucking car this you know this mattress guy or the this wig guy keeps uh, keeps bugging me He's probably just rub all out another great sequence you know with
1: maury you know it's yeah. uh you know when when uh, conway's telling uh henry hill like you know what forget about tonight forget about tonight and henry hill's like it's a load off my mind and then you know really ordered his character doesn't think about it anymore henry hill's kind of gone and then they Tommy DeVito, like stabs him in the back of the neck with like an ice pick or something it's so brutal yeah. um but you know the uh If Frankie Carbone, like a character like Kimmy, he was with them throughout the whole movie. Like he was a good friend of these guys, but the mafia is just so cold blooded that, like, somebody you see every day just has to be whack all of a sudden. It's like, I mean, obviously I I don't kill people and I never would kill people because it's not in my nature. But even if I was in that situation or in that life, I can't imagine killing a close friend of mine and just being fine with it or just like brushing it off my shoulder. So even in that situation, I'm like, I can't believe it's that easy for those people to be like, well, you know what? It's money. It's just kind of crazy
0: business. Yeah. Those were our favorite parts of the movie. And unfortunately not every movie can be perfect. Only one movie, in fact, can be the greatest movie of all time. So let's talk about our least favorite parts. Derek, what's your least favorite part of Goodfellas.
1: You know, you have to really be nitpicky with a movie like this because, again, it's Scorsese. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He he really does his homework. I guess the one thing that kind of bothered me, and again, again, nitpicking with capital letters, I had mentioned this earlier in that most mafia-related movies and TV shows and whatnot, they always sort of show you, like, the hierarchy, and in this one, um, the one thing that a lot of people probably don't know is that Paulie Cicero, uh, Pauly, he's actually a capo. He's only a captain. He is not the boss of the family. He is one captain and that's the movie is following his crew. And the three of them. They're not even made men. I mean, Tommy DeVito is going to get made and getting killed. But Henry Hill and Jimmy Conway, they're, they're I have Irish blood, so they can't be made men. So they're not even soldiers. They're below that. They're associates to the family. And the movie is odd because you always figure like, you know, mafia is always tight knit. It's always about the family, who's made, who's not, you know, whatever. But they're really involved in everything. So I couldn't believe that the dawn of this family really gave so much leeway to these associates to do so much. It's like they're made men pretty much, you know, and it's kind of odd to me almost to the point where I wish they explained it more. Maybe the book is the book wise guys explains it a little bit more, but I was kind of shocked at that after I watched it a few times I and mean, I can't believe these associates, the family are, are, are let to do so many things involving murder and, and to Jimmy Conway kills all these made men. I mean, I'm I think some of these guys are made men. They have to be, I mean, they killed Billy Bats, who was a made man. And Tommy DeVito ends up getting killed for it. But, you know, it's incredible to me that like they get away with so much and they're not even part of the family. So that's just kind of my nitpicky thing about it. Maybe it could have been explained a little bit more as to why they have so much leeway, but again, that's just me.
0: Yeah. I, it kind of makes you wonder how much of, uh, how much of Henry Hill's story is uh, exaggerated, let's say.
1: Yeah, you know Henry Hill was involved in in the making of the movie, and you know Mm -hmm. things like that. And he he probably saw his portrayal on screen as being way bigger than maybe what it was. And he was like, you know what, they're glorifying me, so go for it. I like it. I'll take Um, it. Yeah.
0: So my least favorite part it's it's really it's not even my least favorite part of this movie. And maybe this isn't. Yeah, maybe this is why it doesn't hit me as much as one would think. Because I think. If somebody were to look at me and know me, they would say, well, Goodfellas is obviously one of his top 10 movies of all time. And while I really like it, obviously, it doesn't quite reach that level. I think this is something, Scorsese goes back to the same themes a lot. And I think, especially in Casino and The Irishman, he treads a lot of the same ground right? Especially the Irishman, you know, just going something more recent. It's things are great for a while and we're enjoying being criminals or gangsters or what have you. And then things get real shitty. Yeah. He sort of likes that,
1: that whole uh, downward spiral towards the end of the film.
0: Right. The theme. yeah. Yeah. And it, it almost is like, how many times can we, and listen, he's one of the most skilled filmmakers to ever walk the earth, mm-hmm. right? He can compose a shot like almost nobody else. But he's, he is, this is the thing that he's interested in. And I wonder in my head, do these movies, if he made one of these three movies, as opposed to three of these movies, would I say, this is the greatest movie of all time? Or, you know, maybe it's like in this movie, he does this a little bit better. and this one, he does that a little bit better. So on and so forth. You know, I I just, I wonder if, is this too similar to other stuff that Scorsese has made?
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely has done his fair share of of mafia related. I mean, even you can go back as far as um, Mean Streets, which is involved in the mob, you know, and then there's... um, and I'm trying to think. I don't think this, there was another really mob-related one until, Raging Bull had some mob stuff. Frank There's Vincent. some mob yeah, stuff and yeah, some, But then yeah. Goodfellas, Casino, The Irishman. And but I, I, I will say that to your to your point, just kind of being the devil's advocate here is that when you're doing movies like this that are involved with the mafia, I mean. There really isn't a happy ending to that life. So sure. it only makes sense that they're, you know, you're in the mafia and then you're either dead or you're not anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're yeah. in jail. And
0: and I think like, even though it's not mafia, I think Wolf of Wall Street is kind of the same like arc. You yeah. know? It's yep. there's the guy who's everything. He has the beautiful wife. He has, you know, all the money he could ever want. And then he like he fucks around and he pays for it.
1: Yeah. He, it even was, if he's yeah. even if he's
0: like and honestly. You know, if you look at like Henry Hill is living in the suburbs and Jordan Belfort is giving speeches and, you know, being a life coach or whatever the hell he's doing at the end of that motivational speaker, it's kind of the same thing. They're very similar character. arcs
1: yeah for sure it's it's almost like he you know when i think of movies that that do this i always think of like tony montana and Scarface. it's like the rise and fall of tony montana sure or uh you know i i I, that's that's definitely a big theme in all of his movies he likes that he and when he does that downfall he loves to i think he's the in my opinion he's the best director with that downfall section to to use music uh and how to and how to show you that downfall it's just beautiful
0: i get a feeling that comes up in metals uh speaking of which Let's go to medals every week. We do bronze, silver, gold to people, groups, inanimate objects at times uh, who best helped or benefited from this movie. So Derek, who's your bronze medal winner?
1: My bronze went to Ray Liotta. I think uh, he commands the film. He's very, very good at what he does. Uh, You know, I I tend to, uh, I tend to mimic him a lot just in my everyday life. You know, if, If we're me and my wife are trying to cook dinner, we don't know what to cook. I say something like, "Don't worry about it. Everything is gonna be fine." It didn't really go to fashion or Karen you know, things like that. I just, I, I love his portrayal in this movie and you know, you really see his, his downfall especially like the the one sequence that I was surprised neither of us brought up, but was that whole sequence where he's hiding the guns from house to house and he's cooking gravy at home and then the helicopter's flying over him. It's such a great sequence and he does such a good job relaying like how stressed he is and just going through all these different things, but he's uh I don't think he's ever reached the heights that he's gotten in this movie. After Goodfellas, I think he, people expected him to be this like, wow, actor, like, uh, like you know, on the level of Robert De Niro he never really got there but he's still a really really good actor but
0: um, he's my bronze let me throw something at you with sure. Leonardo. yeah okay he's great in this movie yeah would you rather have him here in this movie or would you rather have him be in Godfather 3 in Andy Garcia's role
1: Well, that all depends on who's playing uh, Henry Hill at that point.
0: (laughs) Whoever, Uh, whoever, just just like just a.
1: No, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I I think Andy Garcia was fine in that role. I think he did the job. I think he had the uh, the right mentality for that role. And uh, I can't. I mean, at this point, I can't picture anybody else playing Henry Hill. By okay, so that would. That's just my opinion. All right. Though I will say, and a friend of mine just brought this up to me, didn't know didn't know that I was doing this episode on the podcast, but they messaged me and they said, did you know the movie My Blue Heaven is a sequel to Yes, Go- to- to yeah, I did, I know that, did yeah. not know that until about two days ago when I was shocked.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But I digress.
0: So my bronze goes to Bobby Money himself, Robert De Niro. Just an incredible f- performance as usual. Like especially this era, De Niro is just, he's Completely like he knows who he is on screen and he just, you know, knocks out of the park and, you know, De Niro and Marty together, like peanut butter and jelly. They just, Mm -hmm. it just works. It's just, they're, they're just an incredible combination. So who do you have for your silver?
1: This was a tie. I went with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro here. They're both just absolute craftsmen Uh, There's so, and I I mentioned this so many times, but when I watch movies, I I, watch people's faces. I I look at their faces, how do they react to things? I think one of the best moments in the entire movie is there's no there's no words just Robert De Niro sitting at the bar smoking a cigarette and he's just kind of smirks when Maury walks by and Scorsese has um, Sunshine of Your Love by Cream playing the and De Niro just smoking the cigarette and the way he moves and the way he acts is just it's just a plus and he um, his lines are so memorable in this I love the way right before he tells Henry Hill, he goes, forget about tonight, forget about tonight about killing Maury. He takes a shot of a drink while listening to Joe Pesci, you know, Tommy DeVito's story and De Niro's reactions and his laugh is so unbelievably forced. And it's so unbelievably funny. This movie to me is actually like half comedy in a lot of ways. I laugh throughout this movie more than I I'm sitting there quiet because I'm just so used to all their lines. But besides De Niro being just amazing, Joe Pesci just steals the freaking movie he's fantastic. He's he, I mean, he's just everything he's gotten for this movie. Well-deserved. He's, uh, he builds tension so well. He's, he's angry. He's very violent. He's hilarious. All the stories he tells, I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. And I'm still laughing. I don't know what his, I don't know what the punchlines mean to his jokes, but they're so funny. Cause just the way he, he brings them to you and, and, you know, says everything. Um, These two guys are just monumental. I think – I also have to say I think Pesci and Scorsese are bread and butter as well. I think every time I see Joe Pesci in a Scorsese movie, Scorsese knows just what to do with Joe Pesci, what role to put him in, what's going to work the best, and and it wins every time.
0: Yeah, uh, my silver is Pesci. So we'll just roll it on. I mean this is the greatest Pesci year of all time. I mean he's got this. He's got Home Alone. We talked about it in a Home Alone episode. So check that one out. Yep. Uh, if you haven't listened to it already, every line almost that Pesci has in this is, is in like stops a show. He's he's phenomenal, and I mean he wins best supporting actor this year. So I think that's you know while him and De Niro the performances may be equal, I think the recognition for that gets him the silver over De Niro. Yeah, you know, my yeah, and you know brother, and, and yeah. you know
1: you know props to both actors. I think. I mean, it's kind of obvious to me why Tommy DeVito that that role is the one that's a little bit more colorful. Just a little bit. And Joe Pesci sure. brings that because we just from, you know, real, real, real life stuff. Tommy DeVito was basically a psychopath just like that. But Pesci just uh, he commands. He, he can, com- you know, people always in the past will say, oh, what actors do you look at in scenes and stuff? Joe Pe- When Joe Pesci's in a scene, you can't take your eyes off him. You want to know yeah. what he's going to do next. You know, he's so good.
0: And I, I love his his death scene, which we haven't talked about. Well, we, we talked about it a bit, but just... When he walks in the room, he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he just falls. And, and then the, the
1: voiceover, you know, like uh, they shot him in the face so his mother couldn't give him an open, co- open casket. Real greaseball shit.
0: Scorsese loves killing Pesci.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, this, this death is absolutely overshadowed by his death in Casino, which is maybe the most brutal death scene I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, – and, and, again, the reaction by De Niro – in the phone booth, when he hears that you know, he's dead, the way he bangs the phone on the thing exactly four times, times—it yeah. just, I mean, everything is just so good. But when he leaves the movie, it's sad Like things go downhill from there, you know?
0: Yeah, party's over. Yeah. Pesci's gone, party's over. <laughs> yep. He's, he's off to menace a small child in suburban Chicago. <laughs> anyway, I think, uh, I think I know where you're going with this, but let's, yep. let's talk about your gold medal winner, who I'm sure so. is Lorraine Bracco.
1: Lorraine Bracco, that you're yeah. absolutely right, and and she's she's no, she's she's very very good. Yeah, yeah. And again, in a movie like this, you can't not pick yeah. with the people we picked. I, I actually I squeeze Leota in there just because I felt like um you know because I could do ties because it's because yeah. it's our show I feel like I can do whatever I want, but uh you know Scorsese he's one of my favorite directors of all time. I'd say if I had to pick two off the bat just just not even thinking it's Scorsese and Tarantino. Like we said before, he's he's so good at details. He's good at building tension. He's excellent excellent at music and putting, uh, he's like the original guy who puts like the doo-wop music over like insane, or he uses the Rolling Stones so way, like those very intense scenes like Monkey Man. He knows just how to build all these different elements in a movie. And I think that, I mean, I know the directors are usually involved in the editing process as well. And I think that every scene that comes out in Goodfellas, every scene is just it's just not, nothing. Nothing. Nothing is slow in this movie. There's not one scene where I go, uh, is this going to be over?" No, no, no. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to bring you a really good two and a half. hour. It's a two and a half hour movie. It flies by for me. Yeah, it Just so invested in it, you know. So he's he's the gold, of course.
0: Yeah, no, my, mine as well. And even if this movie was terrible, which it's not, it's 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 fantastic. Even if it was terrible though, he would get the gold because this is the ultimate Scorsese movie. It's got. Long shots, it's got the Rolling Stones, it's got the mob, it's got De Niro, it's got Pesci, it's got fucking doo wop music. Uh, Like, it's got that Scorsese arc of like the criminal who gets too far in and and loses it. And this is just everything he loves putting in his movies. Right. Besides the fact that it's a great movie. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think this is actually the scene where uh, Henry Hill is is driving to the hospital to pick up his brother and uh, he like slams on his brakes because he's high and he almost hits the other car. During that one scene, I think there's like three songs that Scorsese plays in a row. He just cuts off one song, plays another one. He just, you could tell he just feels a song. No, no, no I want this shot to have this song playing. Yeah. And he goes from like George Harrison's What Is Life to to a like a B.B. King thing. It's just he, just, he just feels the scene. And, uh, you know, I always say to people my friends and everything i say if they could be one job that was a real job i'd say just i a dream job would be to go in and just be the guy who picks the songs and movies like he, D- derek there's no score for this i so just just pick what you think should be over each scene that's my dream job sure
0: <laughs> mine would be professional wrestling commentator but
1: hey you know you'd be excellent at that
0: i would be so those are the medals let's get to recasting i think I've got a good list for mine. I've got five characters. How, how many do you have?
1: I also have five characters. I'm okay, so I'm pretty sure we probably have the same five probably, characters. <laughs> so I have,
0: I have Henry, Jimmy, Tommy, Karen, and Polly.
1: Yep, same here. So I'm gonna go okay. back and forth.
0: Let's go back and forth. Let's start from the bottom up. Let's go, Polly. Who do you have?
1: So my Polly actually went to Vincent D'Onofrio. Um yeah. he's a very versatile actor that I think people yes. forget about. <laughs> and uh, just just the one thing alone is that one year in the '80s where he plays. "Quote unquote Thor and Adventures in Babysitting," where he's ripped and blonde, and then the same year he's also the fat guy in Full Metal Jacket. and It's right. like, what the hell? These movies filmed like decade apart, but it just—he's in, he's an incredible actor, and I think that I was picturing somebody who has an intensity in their face, and I feel like he could pull this off really well.
0: Yeah. So I uh, I went older, and I I think I was just like, yeah, let's just let's just this one is almost just like just a. a a softball for me because it was like let's just have Pacino do it
1: gotcha yeah. okay well I was on the same idea as you I was actually thinking Keitel at one point but yeah, yeah. I like Pacino too
0: for this I, I think Pacino does it and I think just as like because Pauly that character can be old I think and yeah he
1: just- doesn't have to be a big guy either they just yeah no to I, get, yeah you know? so it was funny about uh you know um Paul Servino you know, he even said that he's like, yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't know what I was doing. And then he looked in the mirror and he just made a face, you know, and just, just the way like he looks at the camera and looks at people. doesn't say anything. He just very so- – he moves slowly. He just nailed it. Yeah. He got the – he found the essence of the role.
0: It's. I think that's an actor who has to do a lot with a very little action.
1: Yeah. You know, oh, yeah.
0: And, and, and also be paternal. Like I think, I think both of those – actors that we picked could could do that
1: absolutely so
0: let's go to Karen next who did you have for Karen
1: I threw this one together because I, I I think honestly a lot of actresses can pull this one off but I went with um I usually don't go with her I like her I like her but I thought she, this one would be okay to abuse her in and I actually chose Jennifer Lawrence here. yeah um, I thought she could do that really well The sort of like naive character in the beginning to eventually catching on and being that being that person i, th- I guess a lot of actors could probably pull this off but i'm interested to hear yours
0: yeah so i like we, like we said before i think that the important thing about casting karen is that she just can't be italian or, or like she has to in and in if you if you have an italian actress obviously she, she's gonna be yeah, jewish she has to be she's gonna be an outsider so i went with emma stone
1: okay that's that's a good one yeah yeah for yeah sure.
0: I think she can she's a very versatile actress and she could I'd like to see her do kind of like the drugged out Karen towards the end of the movie I don't think that's something I've seen her do yet but I bet she could.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's just so weird thinking about Lorraine Bracco and how that. This is basically her first movie. She plays, like I said, she's she's not Italian, she's Jewish, but she sounds so Italian to me. The way she says, like, "I don't feel like you're in construction." Yeah. You know the way she says she talks, and then later on she does The Sopranos, and she doesn't want to take the Carmela role because it's too close to Goodfellas. Right. She takes the the psychiatrist role, and and even that she's Italian, but she's not like stereotypically Italian. Right. So it's it's funny, like she never really played that. Italian wife. She really didn't. She played, she was Jewish, but I get, I get it, you know.
0: All right. So let's go to Tommy.
1: My Tommy, I am so proud of. I'm so proud of. A lot of people probably don't know who this actor is, but I will tell you who he is. Um, Stephen Graham. Uh, Stephen Graham is in The Irishman. I think, I forget who he plays specifically, but he's the one that Jimmy Hoffa just can't stand. He's always slighted. He's in Gangs in New York. He plays one of the characters. He's in Snatch. He played. I think he played. Um, I didn't see the TV show. Uh, what's the one with Steve Buscemi? He's the lead character, of Rock Empire*. Yeah. Stephen Graham, I believe, yep. plays Al Capone in that. Um, he's an English actor who plays Italian very well, and he's just got like a kind of a fire about him. And uh, I like everything that he's in. He just does a really good job, and I could picture him. And I was thinking about somebody who's kind of small. I thought Tommy DeVito kind of has to be short because it works so well for like the you know the. The, the way he acts and he's he's a small guy but he's got a big personality and he's gonna beat up everyone in the room so uh he's kind of who i thought should play the role
0: so i went a little bit younger in my my casting it seems like mm-hmm. because tommy and henry are uh, contemporaries right yeah yep and and i think one of one of the problems that some people have with this is that at some point joe pesci is meant to be playing like 18 years old in this movie and it just it, it doesn't read it makes sense yeah so I went with a guy who we have talked about before on the show, and I wanted to cast a guy who could, I feel like, be very bombastic, but also is, I think, would be underestimated in a different way maybe than physically, although he's not a superimposing guy, and it's a very different type than Pesci, because right? I, I wasn't going to be like, well, let me see someone who can do Pesci. It's not going right. to happen. Right. Paul Dano.
1: Wow. Okay. I am a hundred percent behind that because I think he can do anything personally. Yeah.
0: And I think it's, it's gotta be a great actor who can, st- I think he could steal the show.
1: Yeah. And you know, he's got the mentality where he can do, he can kind of do like quiet psychopaths, like kind of talk. Yeah. Like, and he can also do loud. I feel like too, he can do a lot of different things. Yeah it would be fun to watch. <laughs> really yeah, fun to
0: watch. <laughs> I could see it. it'd be it'd be very different, but I, I I'd love to see it.
1: Um, um, I have high expectations for Riddler, so I'm really
0: excited to yeah. see him in
1: that. So I guess we're going with Jimmy Conway. Let's go, next. Let's go
0: Jimmy. Who's who's you're gonna
1: be Jimmy? shocked by this? Gia was kind of like, wait, what? And okay. I said, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna know why I picked him because of what okay. I told you about earlier. But um, I went with Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really versatile actor. I've seen him in Eastern Promises when he plays the Russian yeah. mafia guy. And, um, you know, Peter Jackson had to call him last minute to get him into this role. And he was like, the, he thought of this guy as like, he can fill the role and I'll have no problem because I know he's a very focused actor. Yeah. And I think you slick his hair back. You kind of make him look the part. I think I he it. nails it. I think he nails it. I, and I, I also like the Viggo Mortens and Stephen Graham dynamic. I think the two of them just in my brain, thinking about the two of them in a scene, I think it works. Yeah, But, again, I didn't think of age so much, but I do know that Robert De Niro was literally 47 when he did this role. <laughs> so yeah. he's supposed to be 20, which makes no sense, but you know, yep. that's I could, what I picked.
0: I could definitely see Vigo. My thought process with this is I would love to see somebody who would be completely unintimidated by taking over a, a role from De Niro, right? Yep. Mm-hmm somebody who could come in and and do that and now that i'm seeing this name it occurred to me that this guy was just in a movie that very much borrows from a lot of scorsese movies and that is joaquin phoenix
1: okay yeah Definitely. because i
0: i think he could do that sort of menacing like sit in the corner and just there there he is and yep. command respect from, from these other characters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's go to Henry.
1: So my Henry Hill, uh, I was thinking about another actor who I fe- really grew on me over the years. A couple of movies I'd seen, I go, wow, he is way better than I thought he was. And uh, I think he's also an actor that still still hasn't shown his true color. I'm going to I'm going
0: to stop you before you say the name and just from your description I'm wondering if we picked the same person.
1: It could have been cuz we know yeah. he, this guy is a leading actor. He's a yeah. lead guy. He just is. He has a face. He's going to be great in a lot of things and Robert Pattinson was the one I went with.
0: Oh I didn't go with Pattinson but I like it. So I, I, I
1: one, one thing I, I'm sorry, one thing I pictured quickly is that scene where Ray Liotta's in the corner. He's going, oh my God, oh my God, because Karen flushed the cocaine. Yeah. And like, I was thinking, picture Robert Pattinson having a breakdown, and I said, I think they'd be so good at that. So,
0: yeah. No, I, I could definitely see it. So, my thought process, and I, the reason, honestly, I thought that we reached the same destination is kinda of, we kind of took a similar path. So, my Henry has to be, so he's got to be a handsome guy. Yep. He's got to be on the younger side. Mm-hmm. He's got to like. He's he's got to have that sort of untapped potential, right? And he, he can't be completely Italian.
1: And he it can't be Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet. Can't or be, sh- or, or else or else we're gonna fire each other from the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. So I went with a guy who is who started out in very different material, but has recently been in more dramatic adult fare. And that is Zach Efron. Okay,
1: yeah, I think uh, I think he's strong. He's starting to show his his true acting ability,
0: right? Um, and I think even if he's just okay in the movie with my cast, I think being there with Phoenix and Dano and Pacino and Emma Stone, I think yeah. he, I think he'll, I think he'd step up.
1: Yeah, I think he would too. I think, and I haven't seen the Ted Bundy movie yet. But if you're if you're playing Ted Bundy, I'm sure you have to have a lot of charisma, and uh, and I'm sure he nailed it. So I'm going to watch that soon. But yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's a good one.
0: Yeah, that was good. I, I like I like that recasting. I'm looking forward more and more to the recasting every week.
1: Yeah, that's like it's actually the most exciting part of each week now for me. And I was going to say I think, DiCaprio is too old, but I could totally see him in a Henry Hill role as well.
0: If we were casting this in you know, twenty years ago, absolutely. Yeah,
1: again, I mean, I don't know how old Ray was, but I mean, he he did not look 20 at all at any point. No, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I couldn't find any Twitter follows of the week. So follow whoever you want on Twitter. Uh, Do do what you want to do. So let's talk about what this movie does best. Derek, what do you have?
1: uh, Plain and simple. This is the best mafia movie of the last 40 years. Um, and I had to, I had to make sure that it was not longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, for, 45 probably works too, but last 40 years, I don't think there's been a mafia movie that's just been as, as, as close or perfect as this one. There's been a lot of good ones. Yeah. But I think, I think Scorsese took this genre to another level and I, a lot of other directors probably stay away from it the best that they can, because you're not really going to top Scorsese in the way he does it. So. so
0: last 40 years. So you take this over the Departed.
1: Yeah, this is over the departed for me, and okay. I and I I quote the departed as much as Goodfellas, but I think Goodfellas is ultimately it's a I think it's a better film, not by much, and and not you know I think it's I, I like the cast better personally, mm-hmm. um, but the departed is is so great, it's right up there, but yeah. uh. Yeah, again, two different mafias too. I tend to, I tend to enjoy more of the Italian mafia because I am Italian heritage, and it's funny to me to see this on screen. I know people get upset about the stereotyping, but you know, for me, when I watch something, I watch it with a grain of salt. You know, it's, it's like somebody asking Tarantino, like a, why a, with do you,
0: a grain of garlic salt.
1: Grain of garlic, why do you, you know? They ask <laughs> Tarantino, why do you use so much violence in your movies? Do you, do you love violence? He's like, it's 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 make believe. Yeah. I'm making a make-believe world. It's not real. And for me, it's like people get upset over things in movies. And this is, this is the age of everybody getting upset. But it's like, it's make-believe world. Just take it with they're going to It's funny. It's supposed to be funny or whatever it is. But anyways, yeah, that's mine.
0: So mine is, and, and there are definitely other things this movie does best. But I had this as the one area where I would definitely put this above The Godfather. Is that this establishes a tough guy mobster better than the Godfather does. Let me expand on that. Okay. So we talked about Sonny beating up Carlo and how it was fucking ridiculous.
1: Yeah, a... Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Henry beating up Karen's neighbor with the gun. Oof. Imagine if Carlo or imagine if Sonny just did that to Carlo.
1: Right. Uh, well. You know, maybe, he just walks
0: up and just casually just like.
1: Yeah, yeah, out. yeah, it's it's very intense. I, I was surprised you didn't, I thought you were going to mention Joe Pesci right away. But yeah, the Henry L scene is real. And you could feel the pain. How how, how much would that hurt? Like, that's yeah. insane. How do you break, did you break a skull? That's
0: right. incredible. And his friends are just in the back, I'm like, what the, f- what is Can't, happening? Don't, don't shoot. Do we think that that guy actually did that to Karen? Or or was she just like, I wonder what I can get Henry to do? I don't know, because it's very odd. It's
1: very odd. Like, why would she be in a car with him, number one? Yeah. And number two, like, he touched me, I I got away, and he kicked me out of my car, kicked out of the car. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was like, but she also comes from a weird place where she's, like, nervous
0: about things. I don't know. It's very interesting to think about. Right. And she, like, she doesn't it it almost I get that vibe from her where it's just like I'm just like oh I got this new toy that's <laughs> like a guy that'll beat the shit out of this guy that I I mean I bet he made a pass at her right but whether or not her story is true I don't know but yeah I think this like the fact that just in two seconds of you know him beating up this guy it's like oh this Henry is a dangerous man. With Pesci, I think it's not so much like Pesci's a tough guy. You know, Tommy's like a tough guy to be feared. Like, Tommy's a psychopath who could snap in a second and blow you away. But Henry's gonna like beat the shit out of you.
1: And on that point of Joe Pesci, it's like you know, five years later, after Goodfellas, uh, Scorsese does Casino, and I feel like he's sitting in the room with the writers and they're talking about how can we up Joe Pesci's, you know, being so psychotic. And the first thing Joe Pesci does in a Casino is he stabs somebody with a pen in the ne- in their right. neck, and it's like, oh boy, okay, this is gonna be a violent movie. Yeah, you know, how can I up the the craziness? And it's just like Joe Pesci is that guy who can do that with no problem. And
0: right, and I I feel like Henry, I think as well is. Yeah, and again, this story is coming from him, so who knows how legit it is. Throughout this movie, he's always trying to play the good guy. Yeah. You know, up up until he, you know, goes, you know, gets, you know, hooked on, you know, heroin or whatever he's doing. He's like, he's always the ones like, hey, you know, maybe we don't kill him. Maybe right. like let, let me just smooth it over. Like yeah you yeah. Know, if he, if the, if this was Pesci, like imagine if this was either jimmy or tommy whose girlfriend was like grabbed by a guy that guy does not get up and walk away from that right incident, Right. you know so it, like it does a great job of saying like okay here's here's henry he'll fuck you up but he's not going to blow you away unless he absolutely has to
1: right I, yeah that's a good point about his character for sure
0: just like think when he's like uh when it, when we first see maury when uh yeah, De Niro, I think is like strangling him. He's just like, oh, don't give just give him time. It's fine, you know. It's just, today, yeah,
1: today, date yeah, date. He just keeps repeating it over and over again.
0: <laughs> so actually, talk-
1: funny enough, that was the first scene they filmed in the entire. Well, not that specific, but the commercial. Don't buy a Maurice Maurice Riggs that come off at the wrong time. That was the first thing that Scorsese directed for that, which is funny.
0: So let's talk about the Oscars. We've talked about this in our Home Alone episode we've talked about this year. Uh, Home Alone did not make it into any of of the major Oscar categories in our estimation. Well, let's talk about what Goodfellas did. It wins for Best Supporting Actor for, for Joe Pesci, nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Editing, which I think you can make a case for it to win all of those, potentially. But... Let's go through the major ones. So Best Picture, this is the one where I think Goodfellas and Godfather 3 split the vote. So Dances with Wolves ended up winning Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And I would say Goodfellas should have won Best Picture. I agree with you. The, the other nominees are Awakenings, Ghost, and of course, Godfather 3.
1: Oh, Awakenings is a good one too.
0: Awakenings is good. I and give it De, Niro had,
1: De Niro had a good year too that year.
0: Great year. Great year. Best director goes to Kevin Costner for Dances Wolves. Scorsese is nominated for Goodfellas. Coppola is nominated for Godfather 3. Again, I think it's split the vote. Stephen Freer is nominated for The Grifters. Barbette Schroeder for Reversal of Fortune, which I have not seen. I haven't seen The Grifters either. So of the three that I have seen, I think you got to give it to Scorsese.
1: I agree with you again.
0: Okay. So best actor... Is has no Goodfellas nominations so let's talk about whether Ray Liotta should be nominated. Uh, it is won by Jeremy Irons, friend of the show uh, in reversal, uh, reversal of Fortune. Costner, Kevin Costner is nominated for Dances with Wolves. De Niro is nominated for Awakenings. Gerard Depardieu uh, in Cyrano de Bergerac and Richard Harris in The Field. So
1: I think I think Leota deserves a nom because I think this is the, this is his role of a lifetime, and I think uh, yes, you need a you need a good actor a solid actor to bring you through a movie like this, and uh, I think he does a great job. So I, I would bump out probably. I'm um,
0: gonna I'm gonna nominate Gerard Depardieu to be kicked out because he's a very like gimmicky actor.
1: Yeah, I, funny. Every time I think of him, I, it's funny you said Jeremy Irons and him. I was thinking that, uh, for some reason I thought maybe this was the year of the Man in the Iron Mask because they're both in that. But I think of him playing Porthos in that movie. But right. yeah, he is a gimmick. Yeah, you're right about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've not seen that Cyrano. Like, the the, the concept of Cyrano as like a serious movie in 1990. is kind of strange. Right. You know what? Out goes Depardieu, and in goes Ray Liotta. So, Best Actress. So, Lorraine Bracco elected to be in Supporting Actress. So, I, I guess there's no... No best actress. Best supporting actor is won by Joe Pesci for Goodfellas playing Tommy DeVito. Uh, other nominees are Bruce Davison in Longtime Companion, Andy Garcia in Godfather 3, Graham Greene in Dances with Wolves, and Al Pacino in Dick Tracy.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Joe Pesci wins this, hands down. I love Pacino and Dick Tracy. he's hilarious, but I think uh, Pesci Pesci wins.
0: from my Should De Niro also be nominated, or do we not want to put two actors from the same movie in the, in the, in the same category?
1: Yeah, we can leave them off. I mean, He, okay. that, he got, that he would got be, a
0: Best Actor nomination.
1: Yeah, that would be very impressive, though, to see yeah. Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci all in one category.
0: Yeah. But. So Best Supporting Actress is won by Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Oscar winner, Whoopi Goldberg. Good for her. Other nominees are old friend of the show, or I guess recent friend of the show, Annette Benning in The Grifters, uh, Lorraine Bracco, of course, in Goodfellas, Diane Ladd in Wild at Heart, and Mary McDonnell in Dances with Wolves. I'm
1: actually kind of surprised Lorraine Bracco got a nomination. I thought she would have been snubbed this year. First act. is her their first movie role, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, the this is a weird year. Like, we get Pacino and Dick Tracy being nominated which is like fine performance but weird that they would nominate it right you get, right you get two mob movies in there you get you know Dances with Wolves which is I mean I guess tick some Oscar bo- I mean obviously tick some Oscar boxes because it won so much right but it's 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 an interesting year uh, 80s going into the 90s so Lorraine Bracco do you want to push for her to win?
1: Um, I like Bracco being there, but I don't. I don't know if she wins. I have to see the other okay. one, so I'm, I'm a little hesitant on making her win. So
0: all right. So that is the Oscars that uh, for the movies released in 1990. The ceremony took place in 1991. Let us know what you think uh, on our social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want, send us pictures of who you want to be nominated for the Oscar that year. So. Now we come to the most significant, important, necessary part of the show. And that is when I put 30 seconds on the clock. I don't pick a song. I pick a clock.
1: You pick a clock.
0: I pick a clock. I look, at, I find a clock in my house and I look at it. Most <laughs> Usually it's my phone. So, and then we uh, put 30 seconds on said clock and Derek tells us why our subject for the week is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? I am ready. Three, two, one, go. Uh,
1: yeah, this is the greatest modern mafia movie of all time. This is, this is some of the best directing I've ever seen by Martin Scorsese. Uh, this is some of the best acting I've ever seen. Uh, stellar cast of Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, Lorraine Bracco, Bracco. Uh, Paul Savino. Uh, it's just a wonderful cast, great story all the way through. It's just basically here's what happens in the '70s to this mafia and and, and so on and so forth. It's it's one of the greatest movies ever made.
0: Bottom line, that's it. All right, twenty eight point eight seconds. You're almost right on the dot.
1: Man, that's oof.
0: Goes by fast. It really does. So that has been our episode on Goodfellas. And we have some real fun episodes coming up, but before we get to those, Derek, what do you have going on on our sister show, The Greatest Album of All Time?
1: We just released, Gia and I did Crosby, Stills & Nash's debut album, Crosby, Stills & Nash, of from 1969, and uh, that's one of the first super groups ever. We had a lot of fun doing that one. So that is out for your listening pleasure. And we are going to be recording the next one, which will be released on Sunday. I think the timing is right when I say this. Uh, we are doing Blue by Joni Mitchell with our friend Jack Manning, who live, uh, who's from England. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking to him uh, about this album. It's funny, we did a lot of folk albums in a row, and we didn't mean to do that. But after that, Gia and I are, are jumping jumping up to the '90s, and we're going to be doing "Siamese Dream" by the Smashing Pumpkins. If you want to be on the show, please reach out to me. I'd love to talk about any album with any popular album with anybody. Uh, that's what I do. It's what I, I have fun doing. Movies and music. So please uh, take a listen, and, and thanks for listening to that.
0: All right, great. Next week on this show, I'm very excited because we are having your co-host of the. Uh, the greatest album of all time podcast. I believe that's her relationship to you, uh, uh, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Gia Smith, and uh, we are going to do the Warriors. We're going to come out to play. EA.
1: Yes, I'm excited. I haven't I haven't seen it in a while, and I, I really I really have a good time and a fun time watching that one. So,
0: be fun. yeah, that's going to be a fun episode because I think that's a, a movie that I, I, I've only seen it once, and I don't know if it's good i really i, I haven't really? i have i mean i say that completely like i'm not saying like i don't think it's good i don't know if it's good right, I, right. like i remember liking it but I, when i saw it i was probably 15 and i don't know i don't Yay. remember it being if it's great if it was bad we're gonna we're gonna find out <laughs> sounds good so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one week after that because we get a real fun June coming up, we're gonna have our good friend Cameron Pond, the Internet Warlord, back on the show, and we're gonna be talking baseball, and we're gonna be talking the Sandlot. Yeah, old baseball, and going back into into kids movies, which is uh, yeah something we haven't done recently. So looking forward to that one there. I guess depending on how you count, like uh, like the Avengers, uh, if it's a kid movie or not. And then to close out the month of June. We're having another Rick's pick, and that is going to be Blade Runner. Derek, have you uh, have you watched that one yet? I
1: have never seen it, and, and it. I am looking forward to it. So,
0: so that's June. Can't wait to be back with you guys for, for and girls, our audience uh, for for those episodes. Going to be have a lot of fun talking about those as we get into the summer. So, Derek-
1: why why is that weird, Rick? Why is that weird? when, like. So we say, oh, you guys, meaning like everybody, but it says guys, people like, oh, you mean just the guys? No, we mean everybody. But then when you say like, oh, no, you girls, it almost seems awkward saying that for some reason for me, even if it's just girls in the room. I was like, oh, you girls. I still say you guys to women who are just in the room. And then what's even weirder than that, saying you people sounds insulting.
0: You know, mm. like the English language is just strange. You know, I, I think if we were in the South and we said y'all, I think that is actually... The most elegant solution to this issue.
1: Yeah, we need a northern thing like that. We do up here in the, use, up here in, up here in the north. And is Winter it Fall. use?
0: We're that's true. We are yes. Uh, use use use. Listen, I'm, yeah, talking listen, to use. Listen, use. In, in in Pittsburgh, they have yins. They like it's a weird. That's a have even heard it's of a, that. It's a it's a weird like super like area specific term where it's like ah eh, yins and that means y'all. Your, you wow,
1: that, that's really weird.
0: It's Yeah, it, it is language is bizarre.
1: Pennsylvania is an odd state. Just just it's like this location and like all the things that it has, like the major cities of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Harrisburg. Then it has like all the Amish country. Like It's just a very odd state. I don't mean that in a negative way either. I it's just the
0: chocolate like, capital of America. Yeah, it's
1: just, there's so many things going on in that state. That's, that's basically what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I didn't mean to insult anybody. They get, they get Sydney,
0: they get Sydney Crosby, who's
1: Sydney Crosby. Yeah, yeah, get The Pittsburgh Penguins. They get a lot of, lot of uh, different teams there. His,
0: historically cowardly ho- hockey players who hide behind their their goons,
1: taking taking shots.
0: Yeah, that's what they do too. They take shots. Yeah, they they have the sports fans who would you know now all hate me. So you go. They have delicious cheesesteaks though.
1: You know. I think I had one once and you know what? I don't know. I was there on a, I, we did the band trip in high school. We did a band trip and we went there and I think the sub I had was like, it felt like it was like steak tips and a sub roll with like weird, like squeeze cheese on it. And I was like, and my, my brain is getting, was like, this is a Philly cheesesteak.
0: No. Okay. I mean, good. The, the squeeze cheese. Yes. Can be on a Philly cheesesteak, but it's,
1: it was steak tippy. It wasn't like, it no, wasn't like, no, the cheese, sh-
0: sh- Philly cheesecake is like shaved steak.
1: It is shaved. Okay. Yeah.
0: Good. So, so you have, so there's, to my understanding and anyone in Philly, I, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania fans about my, my penguins cracks, uh, but Philly, this doesn't, con- Pittsburgh, hey, listen, this to- doesn't concern you. Philly, yeah. we love you. Pittsburgh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, we love, we love you too. But Philly cheesesteak to my knowledge is shaved steak and you have a choice of cheese, which is like whiz, provolone, or cheddar. Uh, and you can get it with or without onions.
1: That's okay. Yeah, I remember and the onions was the thing. Yeah. Any
0: anything in that range is considered a traditional Philly cheesesteak. Steak tips are not. So I don't know.
1: May, what. maybe maybe I have a weird memory. And also Pittsburgh. Again, okay, I mean, I'm gonna insult you. I will say a compliment of Pittsburgh Penguins. Maybe the best line in the '90s, the best hockey line was Mario Lemieux, Yager, and Ron Francis. I mean, come on. Good for you, Pittsburgh. See ya, God. God. Got the mullet.
0: It's a it's a great mullet. Uh, and and you know what, you Pittsburgh, you, Kurt Angle is from Pittsburgh, so we, hey, we you know, we love we love Kurt Angle. So that has been our episode on Goodfellas. <laughs> Thanks
1: for listening to our episode on steak and cheese subs.
0: <laughs> I, I hope you stuck with us because this, this that was a, a fun part. Let us know your thoughts on Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah, that's uh, the most or, important part. of or, that. or steak tips in general. You know, yeah. Let us let us know your preferred steak sandwich. <laughs> but anyway, Derek, now I have to turn my back on you. Can
1: I tell you a quick funny story about no. that? All right, you know what? Never mind.
0: Well, describe what I'm doing, Derek.
1: You're turning your back on me.
0: I'm I'm physically turning my back on you.
1: Yeah, I can see the back of your head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I you know it's funny, you've always had really short hair. Like very short hair. Like that's just your, your style. Have you ever had like longish hair or like hair like below your ears ever?
0: Here's the problem with my hair. Right? I can only do one hairstyle because my hair will never go down; it'll just go out.
1: it goes out. Okay, gotcha. It just
0: goes, Yeah, I've I've tried, and now I'm like I'm balding on top, so it looks. Yeah, like it I'm starting. Anyway, I'm
1: starting to suffer from yeah. pattern balls yeah. myself.
0: So it's yeah. My even when I was you know had a full head of hair, it would just not an afro, but it would just be like a nest like a bird's nest on top of my head like it right. would, it, like that's sh- it would just never it would never work
1: the, the wild man Rick Barrasso
0: yeah like I don't, I don't know like it would it maybe sometime in the future this is all getting cut out by I don't know where I'm gonna fucking cut this episode probably when I say I have to turn after my no, back this on is you. good
1: stuff this is good but, stuff.
0: <laughs> but you're yeah it I it even when I had like a full head of hair even if I get like you know I don't know Hair, hair replacement surgery in the future It Like I could never style it Like mm. even with like I get the only time I've ever been able to style My hair is like in the early 90s when I was a child when I would just do Straight up <laughs> um And just like spike it Yeah I
1: feel like when I met you you, you had similar hair Now you just kind of shaved it down I think
0: Similar hair so I think when we met I would keep it a little Bit longer on top than on the sides mm. Um,
1: maybe, maybe I might. might yeah.
0: but I that would I, be like probably like the cutoff from when I went to that style, so just like just buzz it.
1: Right. But my, my quick Goodfellow story here, my goodfellow story this is really funny A friend of mine, this is about six months ago, called me on the phone, and they were asking me if they could borrow a little bit of money. And I said, "Sure, no, no problem at all." And while they were asking me for money on the phone, I was cooking sausages to put into a sauce, just like Polly was cooking sausages when Ray Liotta asked him to borrow some money. And while I was cooking sausages, I went, now get to my back on you.
0: And, and he knew exactly what I was talking about. We, we, we literally
1: belly laughed for five minutes because he knew I was making sausages. It was just a perfect situation for him to ask me, ask me for money. It was amazing.
0: All right. Well, see you next time, folks. <laughs> Good night, Aida. everybody. Goodbye. Keep watching.